You're listening to The Revenue Playbook. Join top sales reps and leaders as they share exactly what it takes to go from cold to close. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, good to see you, Diego. Awesome. So, Chris, you've been in sales for a few years now, and now you're heading dually, which in your own words, right, it helps sellers become the best versions of themselves, eliminating the busy work, selling with consistency, and collaborating with the right people so they can hit their number. And I know there's a lot to unpack in there, but I want us to chat about that last part, the collaborating with the right people to hit their quota. Yeah. Why is that important? So it's it's really haphazard in today's economy, actually in any economy now, to sell in a vacuum, to try to sell deals across the line by yourself. You as a salesperson have a number on your head and that number is more easily hit if you are bringing other people into the deal to support it, to give you uh, other angles of attack, to pursue the deal from whether it be, you know, a solutions engineer or customer success who can tell tribal knowledge or storytell about other deals that have been closed in the past or other customers that are very similar to the customer that you're, or the prospect that you're talking to bringing in your sales manager, bringing in product marketing, bringing in marketing. There's so many different weapons that salespeople have at their disposal and to not use them in a connected world like we live in today just feels like you're leaving you're leaving things on the table in terms of your ability to accelerate the deal, your ability to provide more evidence of why somebody should buy, uh, your ability to just tell a good comprehensive story that makes the buyer understand that they're not buying just from you. They're buying from the whole company. The whole company has their back. Yeah, I've seen some some data floating around from Gom saying that team selling will 2.5x your chance of closing the deal. And also yeah. Chorus.ai says that team selling is most effective on deals 5 to 10x uh, your average deal size. Have you seen that happen? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we see it even at Dooley where the more people that get involved in a deal, the more likely it is to come across the line in general. But equally, you know, the the deals that are connected or that do have some degree of collaboration tend to be bigger deals. So I, I find the Gong information really interesting. The, the 2.5x acceleration makes sense. Um, the, the deal size also makes like it's, it's actually pretty logical the bigger a deal is, the more likely you are to need to bring other people in. So we can say that, the, that there's like a cause and effect thing, but the reality is that the bigger a deal is, the more eyes you want to have on it, the more angles of attack there are, the more buyer personas that are likely involved in the deal to begin with. So you probably need more support. So uh, I, I would say that it's probably a chicken and egg part of the conversation, but it's still really important to understand that. I would say maybe the issue is that sellers are competitive and maybe used to being a silo. What are the risks of that? Uh, like ego-driven selling. I think that the risk in <laughs> ego-driven selling is that you are only as good as you think you are, right? So you probably don't know a lot of different things. I'll give you an example from my own history. Um, when I was at my last company, when I was actually in an individual contributor role, there was so much stuff that I knew, right, in order to bring a deal across the line that other people just didn't have grasp on because they hadn't done enough deal cycles yet. 
But over time, my information that I was using to support my deals was aging, right? So, you know, I'd been with the company for, I think, nine years by the end of it. So my storytelling was based on nine years of data. Some of that data has to age out. It has to curate its way through the system. And if you're not collaborating with other people in, like I said, for, from like the ego-driven perspective, because you think that you know everything, you probably don't have all the current information. You get a little bit sloppy, you get a little bit lazy, you start to save things to your desktop, older case studies, older content, et cetera, that probably isn't going to resonate as well with the buyer. In fact, I remember sending stuff that was even off brand uh, because you know we were just not curating it properly or I wasn't curating it properly and I wasn't collaborating with different parts of my team. And when I started to do that, it changed the quality of my conversations because the the accuracy of my information was better. The, the fidelity of that information was better. And again, you just have more angles to pursue the opportunity with. And, and that changed the deals. Like I, I was closing deals. I would say they were probably on average between 75 and 150 grand in, in sort of average deal size. When we started doing more of a collaborative approach, the deals went from that to well over a million and a half. Well, incredible. That's mm-hmm. cool. So I know you like like sports analogies. Is there like a sports analogy or illustration that will help us understand better this concept of connected selling or team selling? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, probably the best one is baseball or I mean, you could probably, you could use almost any analogy in, in sports. Um, if, if you're, if you want to look at like the, the single player analogy, it'd be like playing a tennis match and not having any of your coaches in the stands at all. So you're playing a tennis match during COVID times, I suppose, where nobody was allowed in there except for the, the players. And, and at that point in time, you're just relying on your ability to volley serves and, and return shots. Um, and obviously having a good service game to begin with in the connected selling experience, I, I would say that, the the ego driven salesperson is trying to play all the positions on the field. So let's use baseball. Uh, they're trying to pitch. They're trying to catch. They're trying to then field the ball that gets hit to the outfield and, and make all the outs. It's it's not a recipe for a success. Whereas when you have different people with different skill sets that you can bring into the deal, I suppose that you have all the different players that uh, can support you and, and, you know, relay the information across to you at the right moments of truth during your sales cycle. So, you know, customer success is your right fielder or maybe your second base person um, and so on down the line. You've got just so many different people that you can lean on to make it a, a team game. At which point in time, your defense should be a lot stronger in terms of your arguments against competition uh, and other objections that come across the line, but your offense should also be a lot stronger as well. Mm-hmm. Now, in teams, you have, of course, the coach and you have the players. And let's say in a sales team, you have the sales leader on one side and the sales reps on the other side. What is the role of each in this connected selling environment? Let's start with the sales. How can the sales leader facilitate collaboration? So I think that the sales leader today, the role has changed a lot. It used to be the person that rolled up the number and you were were basically beholden to rolling up the number to them. And so your one-on-ones are really just talking about forecast and like, is your forecast accurate and give me the number and let's look at your deals, which deals are real, which deals are not real. Um, and, and it was really sort of like a bottom to top 
push, right? You're just trying to push information up the ladder so that the CEO has visibility. The, the modern sales leader needs to take a very different approach to working with their team. And that approach should be one where it is more of a coaching experience than it is a laddering up experience. If you can imagine, like take any baseball manager, for example, and say that their only job was to like predict the final score of the game, mm-hmm. probably not a very good baseball manager. The current baseball manager is trying to figure out how to get to the right score in the game, how to try to outplay the, uh, the opponent. And, and that's a very different experience that, that requires coaching, that requires guidance, that requires making good decisions and, and helping to steer the ship a little bit more. So when you think of the sales leader and how they're working today, I would say they're probably still spending a lot of time just looking at numbers and rolling up forecasts. What they should be doing is spending a lot more time coaching. Right. What about the team players? I'm not sure I understand that question, Diego. Okay. So what is the role? So you also mentioned like customer success and yeah, sure. your team players, yeah. right? So yeah. there should be some alignment there. Yeah. How can we do that? Yeah. So when you start to think about different parts of the business, sales, sales is, they call it a sales cycle for a reason, right? You're going through all the different steps of, of selling from qualifying something in it as whether or not it's even a viable opportunity through to actually bringing something across the line and handing it over to the team that needs to deliver on the expectations that you've set with your buyer. So, you know, when we think about like the early part of the deal, you have your top of funnel people that, that are in charge of bringing in qualified leads. And those people are hopefully going to relay good information to you. Uh, the, the good old days, it was book a demo and let the AE do the, the majority of the work to try to qualify it. Now everybody wants qualified demos and everybody wants qualified leads. So you're asking your SDR and BDR to do a lot more, but that's also, it's kind of like, uh, I, I don't want to use the analogy of playing in the minor leagues because it's, it's it feels unfair to the SDR BDR role, but it is a way of helping them to level up because most SDR and BDR folks want to become an account executive or a sales leader or whatever the next step is in their career. So if, if you give them the ability to qualify those deals or take them a little bit deeper into the funnel, you're actually helping to build them up as well. Uh, when we think about the other roles uh, of the team, you've got product marketing that's going to be supporting you with you know, competitive intel and positioning and, and all of the things you need to try to say the right things at the right moments in time. You have sales enablement that is creating content and creating playbooks, et cetera, for you to be able to uh, be in your your best version of yourself mode relative to the business objectives. I think there's like every AE has an element in them that's like the creative side of things that is what you're paying them the big bucks for. But a good enablement program behind them will allow them to understand what the parameters are that they need to play within, right? Customer success, why do you bring them into the deal? Well, Again, they have the deal narrative. They have all the stories. They have all the understanding of what's going on, what's happened in the past, who is most similar to that customer, who is the right fit in terms of the CS person on your delivery team, and so on. Getting them involved early allows for the buyer to know that if they do buy, they're in pretty good hands, right? So like the trust drop (laughs) phenomenon where you have to like make the purchase and then fall into the arms of the CS team. You want to know they're going to catch you and that they're going to be able to deliver on what you're saying. Um, so again, bring them in early. It just makes that, that whole piece of the uh, equation easier for the buyer. It makes it easier for the buyer to buy 
And you can go again, you can go kind of rule by rule throughout the entire organization and think, okay, why should I bring these people in? When should I bring these people in? How should I bring these people in? And the more you foster those relationships as an individual contributor, the more likely those people are to uh, be very supportive of you and be able to help guide the sale across the line. You have some interesting questions there, like when should I bring them in? How? Any Mm -hmm. tips you can offer? Yeah, work with all your different departments on a regular basis to get to know the people uh, and help them get to know you so that when they come in and you are pitching together, it doesn't come off as as awkward. Like you want it to feel uh, more like an acapella band where everybody is sort of harmonizing than, you know, people chiming in and trying to interject and talk over each other and in some cases refuting what each other is saying. So part of that is understanding the personality and part of that is doing a lot of the prep work with those people um, in sort of an async manner so that it's not all happening live on a call, making sure that they have the information that they need at their disposal, making sure they understand their role on the call. Are you asking them to take lead? Are you asking them to just provide air cover? Are you asking them to provide color commentary? What is the role? Uh, and, and again, clearly outlining those expectations before a call makes a massive difference to the quality of the call that you're going to have, but also the quality of the relationship that you're going to have with those people moving forward. They want to know that when they're being brought into the conversations that they're being set up for success. Excellent. Excellent. Now, working from home, there's... Yeah there's a challenge there about team selling, right? Or, or maybe not. Sure. What do you think? Well, I mean, the, the reality is we have a tech stack now that can accommodate some of the team selling and that you can do a lot of things async, right? I can send you gong or chorus snippets so that you can hear some of the key concerns that my buyer had in previous calls, which will help to simulate some of the stuff that used to happen just by eavesdropping while you're in the office. So is it perfect? It's, it's debatable that it's perfect, but equally, it, requ- it doesn't require somebody to be listening in on the entire call the entire time. So I'd say what makes it closer to perfect is you, again, as an individual contributor, curating the information and making sure that the right people have that information at their fingertips so they have the context in advance of any conversation that you bring them in on. So is remote selling harder? It is in a way in that, you know, you don't have somebody that you can tap on the shoulder and bring them over into a call. You, you know, you're on a call and you're like Slack messaging off on the side. Hey, can you quickly join my Zoom call? Then the person sort of awkwardly pops in. That's, it's not an ideal experience, but I think we're all just kind of used to it now. I think we're getting more tuned into it. So, you know, as we progress, we've been doing this for over two years now. Uh, it doesn't have to be that hard. So are there any particular tools you would recommend to improve connected selling? Yeah, look, I think that there's a, a whole stack of things that you could use to create a more connected experience. We, we're all familiar with, with the, the basics of like the slacks or the teams of the world. We're all familiar with the gongs and the choruses of the world. I think that those are all things that will help to create a connected experience. Some great sales enablement tools out there as well. You know, uh, we, we have a great partnership with uh, the folks over at Seismic slash Lessonly. Uh, for content sharing and making sure that the right content gets into the right hands at the right time. That creates a, a connected experience between the, the enablement team and the, uh, the, the individual contributors. 
I, I would be lying if I said we didn't use Dooley every day within our organization. So that's a big part of how we keep each other informed by creating deal channels that people can work across in Slack, one of our newer features actually in our product, uh, the ability for us to share information very quickly based on what's being said and the context that's being delivered inside of conversations, certainly something that's important to us. Uh, look, there's a series of others. I think it's it's all about how you wire them up and more importantly, how you teach your team, how to use that tech stack that's important. Right. So going back to the beginning when mm-hmm. I mentioned your vision about mm-hmm. uh, connecting people, connecting salespeople to collaborate with each other. Yep. What do you tell me a little bit about the vision of, of Dooley as such in terms of what you want to accomplish in, in this terms? Yeah, look, I think that the, the important thing to take away with regard to what we're doing is we're trying to make it so that the seller doesn't have to context switch all day, every day into what I will call low value work. And also to create a system of relay, right? So it's, it's one thing for an AE to be on top of their game and to have all the information they need to be able to understand like what they need to do to move a conversation forward or move a deal forward. So I always talk about like the who and what else mentality. You need to know who you need to talk to and what else do you need to learn in order to drive that deal across the line. Being able to share that across the entire organization makes a big difference as well so that you can tie other people in and give them relevant context relative to the role that they play within the organization without making it difficult for them to do so. So our our real objective is to make sure that that system of relay doesn't just hand information over, it hands the right information over. It hands the contextual information over so that that person that needs to pick up the ball and run with it knows exactly what they need to do to move things forward without having to drill in and dig and figure it out. Because as soon as that happens, you start off in a Slack conversation, then you end up in a phone call or a Zoom call, and you've just drained efficiency out of your organization by quite a large margin. Excellent. So basically what we talk about is Connected selling is the answer to yep. the challenges that we have right now in the market, especially with uh, the deal sizes that we're dealing with and also the, the, the fast pace of our sales environment. So just connected selling will, the data shows that will increase the chances of you closing and also larger deals. And we have to sell as a team, not just between the sellers and the, and the sales leaders, but also collaborate mm-hmm. with all their teams like product marketing, customer success, uh, marketing, sales enablement. And those are those were great analogies with, with baseball. So anything yeah. you would add? Yeah, look, I think that if, if you're not selling in a connected way right now, you either have a very transactional model or you're probably leaving money on the table for yourself. It, the, the goal of any salesperson should be to optimize their paycheck. And you don't optimize it by living in a vacuum and trying to do things on your own unless you are an absolute mercenary salesperson, in which case I would say like you probably still want to lean in and use those other resources because it's going to make you a better mercenary salesperson by offloading some of the work that you're doing to just try to aggregate information behind the scenes and make sure that your buyers have all the stuff that they need. Bring, bring an army to the fight. It makes it way easier to bring things across the finish line. Perfect. Thank you, Chris. Great conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you. Good to see you. Thanks for listening to The Revenue Playbook. For more sales playbooks, head over to Dooley.ai.